A terrorist was caught at our southern border last year trying to illegally enter the United States, and then he was released into the United States. This jaw-dropping exclusive report comes from The Daily Caller, and John Strothley joins us to discuss. There's more evidence that Congresswoman Ilhan Omar isn't working for the American people. Instead, she's working for the Somalian people. The Bolsonaro family is once again a target of the corrupt government. Paulo Figueroa joins us to detail the latest. Last year, the FBI fatally shot a Utah man inside his home and then dragged his body to the sidewalk. I've got the latest on my investigation as we continue to look into the shooting. And we're remembering the three Marines who tragically lost their lives in Jordan this weekend. All that and more on The Brianna Morello Show. Well, 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 it looks like our federal government allowed an actual terrorist to roam freely for almost a year. There's a new report out in the Daily Caller, and it's quite concerning, so we wanted to bring your attention to it. Ultimately, the Daily Caller is reporting that the United States allowed an illegal immigrant, illegal migrant is the loose term, I guess, these days, to be freed, even though he was a terrorist. This guy, this gentleman, I guess we're assuming it's a, it's a male, but ultimately he was caught trying to illegally enter back in March of 2023. This individual was caught in California trying to illegally enter our country. And literally, he was caught and then he was released into the United States. And just until recently, he's been arrested, but he was living in Minnesota. Ultimately, they're saying that this was kind of like an issue, like an error. They're saying that when they first ran his information, that uh, they didn't. They they thought there was like some ident- identity information issues, and so they still released him. But then when they realized that he was a confirmed terrorist from the Somalian terrorist group called, and as I butcher this, please don't laugh at me, Al Shab Shahib, we'll say. When they realized that he was in fact a terrorist, they went and had to go find him in Minnesota and arrest him. This whole report is just insane. But we've suspected this for quite some time. We know that Border Patrol has come across over 172 people on the terror watch list. This was just last year alone. So we know that there are terrorists making their way into our country. Now, I reached out to DHS, ICE, and Border Patrol about this story that Daily Caller reached just to confirm it because they don't release the personal information about the suspected terrorist. They're not telling you what his name is, date of birth, and any of that information. They're just giving you his background. And well, DHS did respond to me and ask me what media outlet I'm with. And when I stated that I'm independent and I work for myself, they said thank you and did not respond. And the same thing with ICE. So ultimately, they're running from this story because it's factually correct, it looks like. They're not denying this report. So our federal government knowingly caught a terrorist and then released him into the United States. And he was living in Minnesota. Interesting enough. Now, all this is happening as uh, Alejandro Mayorkas is actually facing his impeachment. Now, as many of you guys know, he is being accused of literally destroying the United States through this illegal migrant crisis that's going on right now. This is deliberate, obviously. And so now he's facing House Republicans. And all day today, they have been going after him, and rightfully so. So I want to bring somebody in who is an expert on all of this. Please welcome to the show, John Zandrosny. John, you are with America First Legal, and we're so grateful for all the work AFL does. You're also somebody who's previously worked within the Trump administration and over at DHS. So these stories are right up your alley. I want to first get to the terrorists that they caught and then release. Your take on all of this, because it's quite concerning that this individual, they thought it was like a name mix up, and then they released him. And then when they realized that he was a confirmed terrorist, they had to go back and arrest him. But he was living in Minnesota for months. Hey, Brianna, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, this is a a particularly troubling story, which unfortunately I suspect is not unique. Uh, We know from what DHS has actually told us that they've apprehended more terrorists in a handful of months here and there than probably crossed the U.S. border or tried to cross the U.S. border during the entirety of the Trump administration. But this particular individual is very troubling. He's a member of the uh, terrorist organization known as Al-Shabaab, which has been a terrorist organization since 2008, i.e. three presidents ago. And he was apparently encountered with the millions of other people who've crossed our border in the last three years upon Joe Biden's invitation to come here illegally. And what they apparently did was they failed to catch that he was, in fact, a terrorist on a terrorist watch list and let him into the country. And it seems like they, after the fact, re-ran the search and found out that he actually was 
uh, in fact, someone on a watch list. And thank goodness they were actually able to apprehend him. But although I suspect that's a stroke of luck for a couple of reasons. Um, I will say this in fairness, in fairness to um, federal authorities, when you have people coming from certain parts of the world, sometimes Central and South America, sometimes the Middle East, names are not always spelled the same way. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, the names are transposable and it causes issues for searches. And if you're not taking biometrics, you're entirely relying on what these people are telling you, which is sometimes false. So yeah. it sounds like somehow we got lucky. They found out who this guy was and he went to basically Minnesota, which is a significant Somali expat community, and they were able to apprehend him. What makes me nervous, Brian, is, is multiple things, but just the most important are how many of these people, how many other situations like this are we not being told about where the person came in, gave false information or the information wasn't screened properly, they tripped over themselves to let him go or her go, and now they've, after the fact, they found out the person's a terrorist or a criminal on an international watch list, and they're wandering around the country, and they've either apprehended them or they haven't. Um, the other that thing that makes me really nervous is we're working under the assumption that all bad people have a criminal history or a terrorist watch list history. And the reality is people who mean us harm have been studying the complete and total failure of Biden and Mayorkas over the last few years, which means they're looking for people who are clean. Now, this is assuming that the federal government is even taking the time to go internationally, reach out to foreign countries, ask for potential derogatory information from those some countries. If they're releasing these people like I think they are within 72 hours, you can't they're tripping over themselves to let people out. They're not really looking up anything beyond the United States databases. So I doubt they're even getting the information from abroad. But even if they were, even if they were able to get this information on people who are of concern, if they don't have a record, they don't have a record. You can run those queries all day long, but they're going to come up clean until they blow something up here. So um, I think that's a dynamic that has been completely created from whole cloth by Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas, who have opened the border, invited millions of people here, and put all of us at risk. Yeah, yeah, they have. And that's the reason why the Homeland Security Secretary is is literally being uh, being impeached. I mean, he's going to end up being impeached, it looks like. And he I think it's intentional at this point. These aren't just the set of mistakes. And he's another one as a DEI hire, it feels like, because he's the first. I remember when they first brought him on, they were like, oh, it's the first Hispanic uh, DHS secretary. And it just didn't make any sense as to why we even care for that. Is he going to like keep us all safe? No, obviously not. And he doesn't care. And and so it's deeply concerning. MTG Congresswoman Margie Hiller Green, for those of you who don't know the little nickname, she has been so outspoken. She is all in on this Mayorkas impeachment. She was the one who's been kind of leading the effort against it, I would say. Uh, she was outspoken today calling him out, and she's ready to go and get rid of him. Do you think that House Republicans have what it takes now to get rid of Mayorkas, or do you think it's going to take some more? Uh, Brianna, so far so good. I have to say I give a tremendous amount of credit to Chairman uh, House Homeland Committee Chairman Mark Green. Uh, mm -hmm. He has been unwavering since the beginning of this Congress, really, in terms of dedicating committee resources to investigating the complete and total intentional failures. Uh, and I have to underline intentional, which I know you know. Um, mm -hmm. they, they've, this is a policy that this administration engineered, and Green and many other members have decided that they're not going to let him get away with it. And it's culminating today in the vote uh, for articles of impeachment to be passed out of the Homeland Committee and to the floor of the House. Um, I, I stress this all the time, Brianna. You can't stress it enough, really. I think there are some people who they just assume that these Democrats are just a bunch of Keystone cops flopping around. This is a policy. This is a policy that is the result of a Democrat party, which has driven people away with their policies and, and aborted 64 million Americans in the womb over the last 50 years. They're short on people who vote for their craziness. So how do you overcome that? Well, you can do a couple things, but one of them is you let millions of illegal aliens into the country and uh, try to get amnesty. But even if not, you know a lot of them are going to vote illegally in state elections and federal elections. Um, mm -hmm. And you hope that they are grateful for you letting them in illegally and they vote for you. Um, yeah. So uh, it's this is so intentional. It's disgusting. And what's really frustrating is I think that most Republicans, most Americans get it. Um, the Democrats, though, are determined because they understand their political existence is at stake to pretend nothing's happening here. And it's kind of remarkable, the double standard um, regarding the impeachment. I've listened to Democrats for weeks, but especially today during the impeachment markup, yeah. saying uh, this is not impeachable. And they all of a sudden become hyper-technical when it comes to what you can impeach on. Uh, let's all remember that these are the people who launched two impeachment inquiries based on the fact that they just didn't like Donald Trump's policies back in 2020. 
um, including a phone call to a foreign government, which was completely his domain. But we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. The bottom line is they're throwing everything in their, their arsenal at stopping it. I think we're going to be good in the House. Obviously, we'll see what happens when it gets to the Senate. It's a bit of an uphill battle. I, I'm actually one of the few people who's optimistic enough to think that he could literally be removed because Democrats in the Senate, at least a handful of them, have a very tough choice. You know, they've got elections in the fall. Um, impeachment of Joe Biden may happen for his deep corruption and ties to the Chinese, um, but it's hard to get a president removed. In fact, it's never happened in U.S. history. But maybe those Democrats, like um, you know, the more moderate ones in the Midwest whose seats are up and who are, I'd say, vulnerable, maybe they'll throw my orchestra under the bus to make it look like they're listening. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm not you know, incredibly optimistic, but I'm, uh, hope springs eternal. I do think it will get out of the House, go to the Senate. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's it's really interesting what's going on. Now, you, you cited the markup that's going on today, obviously. Uh, I wanted to play a clip because it was very, very interesting. It comes from Congressman Robert Garcia from California. And of course, he's a Democrat, but he wants to, I guess, put give us a platform to broadcast Donald Trump's and, and the MAGA plan for border security. It's actually quite enlightening. Let's play that clip and then we'll talk about it on the other side. I want to remind the public that Donald Trump and House Republicans also have their own ideas for the border. So let's review the majority's border ideas that they've actually presented. Here they are. Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted is he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority border idea. Another idea, which I'm not sure how, how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. That's another Trump idea. And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants in the legs as they cross the border. So once again, the Donald Trump and MAGA plan is alligator moats, bombing northern Mexico, shooting migrants in the legs and electrifying the fence and putting spikes on them. That is the Donald Trump border plan. Now, listen, I've never heard Donald Trump say any of that at one of his rallies, but I mean, the alligators I'm on board for, actually. I know that's probably not a popular idea. So I did reach out to Governor Ron DeSantis's office here in Florida, and I asked him, is the state of Florida, because we do have Texas is back, we stand with Texas, are we preparing to send our freedom gators to Texas to defend our border? Now, I haven't heard back yet from his administration, but I'm sure I'll hear back soon. But ultimately, Garcia is a fool, right? He He's saying that we're going to shoot these migrants they try to come into the country. It's not going to happen. We're not bombing North uh, Mexico. We're literally just defending our country. I'm, I'm all for offense. That's my electrocute somebody who's trying to illegally break into our country too. That's not a bad idea. Good idea, uh, Mr. Uh, Garcia. But I want to get your take on all of this because it's outrageous. It looks like a joke, right? It looks like a child actually made that graphic for him. And it was almost like a meme. I, I was in disbelief when someone sent it to me. So John, your reaction to this just foolery is the best way to describe it. <laughs> Well, Brianna, first of all, he is a mental child. He's a Democrat, which is obvious. <laughs> Second of all, uh, you know, he had me, Mr. Garcia had me at alligators. I was scribbling the ideas down for the future. On a serious note, though, um, I always say this, like, you know, the left is really, they, they need hyperbole and comedy like this because they can't actually point to the objection to a wall between two sovereign countries where one country is not friendly toward the other and is working with the cartels, in fact, is run by the cartels. I think this is one of the, the things we all forget, and I, I don't think enough people talk about this aspect of it. We all talk about the cartels as if they're this disembodied series of entities that have nothing to do with Mexico. Mexico is a narco state. It is run by the cartels. The only difference between Mexico and Afghanistan is the religion and the language. That is the only difference between those two countries. Mexico is not our friend. It is not our ally. It has not been for a very long time. And I don't think we should be dropping missiles on Mexico. Well, I won't be president, but I do think the next administration needs to take an incredibly hard line with Mexico and stop pretending it's a friend. The first thing that will require is the completion of a wall and a firm border. The left is really, really desperate, like we talked about before, Brianna, to have illegal immigration happen at a high volume. They, I think one of their fears, they won't say this out loud, so I'll say it. A wall is important because as much as they'd like to flood people into the country, it's much, that much harder when you actually only have a handful of ports of entry 
you can only physically get so many human beings through a port of entry on one day. And in fact, it's a way of what you, you probably heard the phrase metering, where um, there's a desire to, to meter who can come in in the course of a day. Um, well, the wall does that for you. It forces metering because you can't cross illegally across the desert without telling someone you're coming in. And so I think that the left right now is just they have to attack the wall and pretend that that's what we really want to do when all we really want to do is build a barrier that forces people who want to come in to come to a lawful port of entry and present themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no shame in saying that we want to protect our country, protect our border. And 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 uh, with some gators, we could probably accomplish that. But in, in all seriousness, they want to shame people out of wanting to defend their country and have security. And it's it's disgraceful. And you also mentioned Mexico and the relationship right now that we have with that country. Border Hawk actually, and they, they published, it was great video of the Mexican military literally making a safe haven and creating a safe path for these illegal migrants to cross through Mexico and make its way to the United States. And they're literally providing them with that sense of security. And it's disturbing, but it's expected. I wanted to jump into something else because you put it on my radar last week and it's very important. So there's these claims that this is a bipartisan immigration uh, piece of legislation that's going to make its way through shortly. And it's quite disturbing. Republican, I guess you really can't call him a Republican. It'd probably just be Rhino at this point. U.S. Senator James Lankford has been out there speaking about it and pretending like it's this great political thing that we need to lock hands with Democrats and push this forward. Ultimately, though, he's helping Joe Biden by pretending like there's a security issue in our country and that this immigration issue can be fixed by a piece of legislation. What he's not telling you is that there's already legislation on the books that's been passed and it's it's been passed years and years and years prior uh, that should be enforced instead. So when he went on Fox News this weekend, he was grilled about working with the president and pretending like this PR stunts, like we need more legislation to secure our border. And this is how it went. President Biden spoke at this uh, about this last night on a campaign rally, and he said essentially, if the bill were law today, it would shut down the border right now and fix uh, fix this whole thing. So a lot of Republicans are saying he has things he could use now, executive powers and laws that are not being enforced. So why give him this in an election year? The cover of this deal that you know uh, uh, critics say is still going to let a lot of people in, but he gets to take a victory lap that he's gotten something done. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's definitely not going to let a bunch of people in. It's focused on actually turning people around on it. It is interesting. Republicans four months ago would not give funding for Ukraine, for Israel and for our southern border because we demanded changes in policy. So we actually locked arms together and said, we're not going to give you money for this. We want a change in law. And now it's interesting. A few months later, when we're finally getting to the end, they're like, oh, just kidding. I actually don't want a change in law because it's a presidential election year. We all have an oath to the Constitution and we have a commitment to say we're going to do whatever we can to be able to secure the border. He's an absolute disgrace. He's lying to the American people when he sits there and pretends like a piece of legislation is going to change what's going on. The fact of the matter is Joe Biden doesn't want to follow the current laws that are on the books, and he's intentionally flooding this country with illegal migrants. John, your reaction to all of this, because he's also claiming that the reports regarding like a 5,000 uh, migrant a day threshold uh, is is disinformation and it's not in the piece of legislation that he's negotiating with Democrats your reaction to just everything that this man is really putting our country through by continuing to lie with the regime. Yeah, Brianna, uh, thanks for pointing this out. I, I've got to tell you, James Langford unfortunately has become the left's most recent useful idiot for the purpose of amnesty. Um, he's pushing a bill, which I should emphasize just to be fair to him, there's no text, um, but they keep playing this game where they say, here's what's behind it. They release trial balloons in the media. And then when people say that sucks, they say, well, there's no text. Well, the reason they're not releasing the text is because it keeps being reworked because it's garbage. And you can only sprinkle mm -hmm. so much glitter on a turd, but they keep trying. James Lankford really is just, I don't know what to say. Like, I used to think he was a conservative, but any Republican who gets suckered into working for Fentanyl, Mitch McConnell, Alejandro Mayorkas, and Chuck Schumer to do the less open border amnesty bidding is not a conservative. He just got reelected to the U.S. Senate in 2022, so he's got a lot of time there. I've heard a rumor he wants to run for governor of Oklahoma. Oklahomans, I hope you're watching and listening. Um, it's really his, the bill will probably be bad. Let's just be honest. He's working with the man, right. Who's literally today being impeached by the house Homeland committee and articles of impeachment will be sent to the floor. Um, this is the person who's guiding the conversations about what they want the law to look like. And you've got Joe Biden running around saying, I can't exercise executive authority, even though he's been exercising executive authority to make the border more porous for three plus years. 
One thing I always say, Brianna, I remind everyone I can, because I hear people say it all the time and it drives me bonkers. They say, oh, our immigration system is broken. No, we have corrupt Marxists in the White House and the federal government. But the U.S. immigration system, according to federal law, is not broken. Most laws are pretty good. In fact, honestly, what we've got on the books is actually pretty solid and pretty effective if it were to be used. I'll give you one example of many. Uh, there's a great provision in the Immigration and Nationality Act. It's Immigration INA Section 212, Subsection F. It gives the president, so like Joe Biden right now, he has the authority to exclude any person or any group of people from any part of the world, from the United States, for any reason, for as long as he wants to, period. He could do that today. He could do that forever. He could exclude everyone. He could shut down legal immigration. He could close every port of entry. Um, nothing on in the federal law today prevents that. What he wants is federal law to be weakened, which is what useful idiot Langford's bill would do. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that that bill keeps getting stalled. It's really worth pointing out that if they were so proud of it and it was such a good bill, they keep saying it mirrors Trump's immigration policies. Well, then why not just cut and paste? Right. Why are you doing something behind the scenes with the most corrupt people in U.S. government history? Yeah, and that's a great question. And he's doing it intentionally, you have to assume at this point, because we all know that this administration is not going to come up with any legislation that's going to actually fix this immigration. This, I, Sorry, I keep saying immigration. This migration issue that we have, this illegal migration issue we have, they have no problem flooding these illegals into our country. They have no remorse for the generations of Americans who are going to have to live with these decisions for the rest of their lives and how it's going to destroy their quality of life. They just don't seem to care. And it's interesting when you see a Republican putting his face on all of this and pretending like there's some bipartisan locking hands in this when it's not true. Now, I want to speak about House Speaker Mike Johnson because he came out with a tweet and he addressed the concerns regarding this piece of legislation. And ultimately, he says, any border shutdown authority that allows even one illegal crossing is a non-starter. Thousands each day is outrageous. The number must be zero. That's refreshing because Mike Johnson hasn't been consistent on a lot of things that I would assume he would support. Your reaction to him coming out and saying that it's just a non-starter if there's any amount of illegals coming into our country. Well, it, Brianna, it does give me comfort that the speaker has been that firm in saying basically it's DOA in the House. And Lord knows I've heard that before and then we've been surprised by bad things, so we should all keep an eye on it. But it's a good start. I think he recognizes how it's bad. I think enough people, he's got enough good people around him uh, and talking to him saying, look, sir, current law is way better than this thing. And, um, you know, that... Langford and others are pretending this is political. It's actually not political. The current law is better than what they're proposing, um, at least in terms of what we've heard coming out of the rumor mill. So um, I'm happy he's standing firm. However, I'm always nervous. Our side has a really good habit of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory all too frequently. And there are ways, unfortunately, for a handful of stupid Republicans to side up with the Marxist and the Democrat Party to do what's called a discharge petition, which could accidentally, well, not accidentally, it could force it to the floor, whether or not Speaker Johnson or any of the other House leadership wanted to come to the floor. So I hope they're prepared for that possibility and guarding against that as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's all going to start coming out shortly. So we'll have you back on, John, to keep us updated on everything because there's so much coming out right now. Uh, I don't know what to trust these days. It's like a slow dripping process with all of these immigration nonsense legislative stories. I, I don't I don't know what to believe anymore. But, John, thank you for jumping on with us and clarifying everything. We really appreciate it as always. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms like Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, you've got to give us a five-star review. And then make sure you leave some feedback for us. As you guys know, we're a newer show. We're developing. We're changing. We want to hear what you guys think. So make sure you drop a comment as well. And if you want to follow my work, because we've been getting nuked on a lot of different platforms. YouTube has suspended us for a full week. So if you want to make sure that you're following my work, you got to head over to my Substack page and enter your email address and be put into my newsletter uh, database. Ultimately, what's going to happen there is it's free. You don't have to pay unless you want to. And you will get all of these urgent stories that I'm working on first and foremost. So this is incredible. You've got to get on that. Head over to briannamorello.com and go on down to the Substack button and subscribe today. We'll be right back with more of the Brianna Morello Show. Before I go, I always have to put on some deodorant. And I used to look all the time for the best deodorant. I couldn't find it on the shelves at all until 
Our good friends over at Give a Derm came out with a brand new deodorant. This one's called Pits Me Off. It's incredible. Watch this, it's super easy. Ta-da, and that's all you need. And it dries super quick. Obviously, I'm wearing black. There's no white residue left over. It's a natural deodorant. It's made right here in the USA. There's none of those Chinese harmful chemicals also included it. It's giveaderm.com, and then use the promo code Brianna for 10% off. You gotta try it. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm gonna say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliotphd.com slash Brianna. We want to take you to Brazil, where the Bolsonaro families continue to be harassed, but it's important to bring your attention to it because we're seeing it, and it's very similar to what's going on here in the United States against President Donald Trump. So let's talk about Brazil. Well, yesterday it was announced that the former Brazilian president, uh, Bolsonaro, and his son are under investigation for allegedly spying on its opponents. It all came after the Supreme Court granted warrants, and it's important to remember this is the Supreme Court in Brazil, because our next guest will explain to you why that's important. The Supreme Court granted these warrants two days prior, and then they were executed. Now, ultimately, the search did include uh, the former president, Bolsonaro. It also included his son, Carlos, and then it also included a councilman. Now I'm going to bring in our next guest who's going to tell you all about this and why this is so important for you to be paying attention to here in the United States. Let's bring in Paulo Figueredo. He is the journalist who is banned in Brazil, <laughs> which is honestly kind of a really good honor to have these days. Uh, I know it's not ideal though in Brazil, but it credits you a lot. And then you're also the host of your own podcast, which is available on Rumble, what I want to drag all of our audience over to and make sure you hit the like and subscribe button too. And they can find you at Real P. Figueroa as well on there. And we'll have that link at the bottom in our bio as well for this write-up on this story. Thank you, Paulo, for jumping on with us. So I wanted to get to this story with you because you've been following it, obviously. But there seems to be a lot of corruption here with the Supreme Court and their pursuit of the Bolsonaro family. So what do you make of the news that came out of Brazil yesterday? Well, Brianna, thank you uh, for having me. Uh, the situation in Brazil is unfortunately uh, escalating very rapidly. Brazil is no longer living in a democracy by any metric. Um, and in, uh, last week we found quite amusing to see American comedian, comedian uh, Bill Meyer uh, he was praising how Brazil protects democracy in contrast to the United States. So most people in Brazil uh, thought it, it, it had to be a joke. That had to be a joke. And I've been explaining in Brazil that that's probably indeed a joke. After all, Bill Meyer is a comedian and, and not a political commentator, uh, though he might not realize that himself. But uh, that, that's the that's the thing. Uh, and and this week, uh, we've been seeing uh, it's it's the contrast between what's been going on in Venezuela, for example, uh, because everyone, the entire world, including the United States, condemned uh, condemned Venezuela as its uh, Supreme Court rendered the main opponent of Maduro, uh, Maria Corina Machado, ineligible. Uh, she lost her political rights, the right to run against him on the next election. And, and well, in in Brazil. This has already happened with Jair Bolsonaro, the main opponent of Lula da Silva, our sitting president. Uh, this happened like early last year. Yeah. And now uh, we have been having rumors and strong rumors about Bolsonaro's probably arrest, probably going to be arrest uh, soon, um, uh, to the point that Lula, Lula's current wife recently said in a speech that if all goes well, Bolsonaro will be in prison. So and and it might seem it seems that she might be right because uh, Lula appointed a, a more um, f friendly 
attorney general um, towards the end of last year. And this year only, I'm talking about January, uh, three people close to Bolsonaro have had their homes and offices raided by the federal police. And and this yeah. includes one of the ex-former uh, president's son, uh, Carlos Bolsonaro, who's a, who's a councilman in the the city of Rio de Janeiro, which is, which is my city. So, and uh, also two other strong allies, but, but members of Congress of the Brazilian Congress, had their homes raided by the federal police only this month, this month alone. So, things are not looking good. Yeah, things are not looking good, and it's really upsetting to see because most of us. When we were looking at Brazil, we were very hopeful for Brazil's future, and then the election took place, and although it's not what most Brazilians expected here in the United States, we didn't expect it at all. I mean, things were on the up in regards to the economy in Brazil when Bolsonaro took over, so it was quite alarming. Now, there's a correlation between the Supreme Court and the pursuit of Bolsonaro, and we're also seeing that here in the United States, but now they're asking our Supreme Court to rule whether President Trump is ineligible uh, to be on the ballot as well. They're trying to say that he's disqualified as well. Is this just... Are there is there any substance to these claims against Bolsonaro, or is this just to put somebody in prison who they do not like, they do not agree with, and they just want to lock him up? That's what it seems to be here in the United States as well. It's uh, incredible how similar uh, things are. I, I I I try to say it's the same virus. Uh, just Brazil and the United States have different immune systems. The, the U.S. immune system is way stronger than Brazil's, but it's still the same thing. The idea is that both Donald Trump and Jair Bolsonaro are immensely uh, popular still, and they they probably can't beat him on, on regular elections. Brazil has uh, city elections this year, and Bolsonaro's allies are doing very, very well in the polls. So what they're trying to do is uh, try to maybe put Bolsonaro in jail so he can influence the elections. In the United States, the left is trying to use the courts to avoid the people uh, voting for Donald Trump and bringing him back to power. So uh, it's it's the same idea. It's just that Brazilian Supreme Court is way more active than the United States Supreme Court. Uh, We have a justice which is, um, some people heard of him, Alexandre de Moraes is a, is a bald guy that's on the Supreme Court. He looks like a James Bond villain. It's it's so funny. Yes, I think I have a picture uh, of him. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's so funny because he looks like a villain. So, um, <laughs> and, and this guy is the de facto dictator of Brazil. So he's the one calling the shots, not even Lula da Silva. The Supreme Court bragged about they they were the one that put Lula da Silva back in power. And when Lula tried to be funny with them, they said, look, we put you, they actually said it on air. It's it's for everyone to check. They actually said, look, we put you in power. So <laughs> don't try anything <laughs> funny. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and it was the, the, this last raid, that happened on uh, Carlos Bolsonaro's house. It was actually on Bolsonaro's former president Bolsonaro's house in um, in, the, in a beach of Rio de Janeiro. It was like his beach beach house. Um, it was this was the the warrant was issued uh, just hours following Bolsonaro's live stream, and Bolsonaro did a live stream with uh, all he uh, he has three sons that are uh, in, in politics. Uh, one is Carlos Bolsonaro. The one that you are seeing right now uh, mm-hmm. has a, a, another one, which is Eduardo Bolsonaro, very prominent here in the United States. He's a congressman in Brazil. And he has another one, which is Flavio Bolsonaro, who's a senator. And they all four did a, a live stream together. And the live, th- the live streaming had five million people watching. And, uh, and and the funny thing is that a week before, Lula canceled his monthly or weekly live stream because nobody was watching. So that's that shows the difference of popularity among them, and that's maybe that's why they're coming after him. But it was it was very funny that it happened hours after his first live stream, which was a tremendous success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of concerns too about Brazil's elections. I know election fraud was was a big uh, talking matter on 
when during the runoff for that because it was quite interesting. But the popularity, like you just cited, it, it's what we have here in the United States. President Joe Biden will do a live stream or put something up on YouTube, and he gets a couple of thousand likes or something on it. It's nothing impressive. But then President Donald Trump goes and puts something up, and he's got millions of people who are flocking and and looking. And so that's why the numbers just don't seem to add up when you could actually look at it from a standpoint that doesn't have a machine ballot, a machine counting ballots and all these other crazy things. So it's always interesting when we talk about that because it just doesn't add up. I want to bring up something else. Now, a lot of Americans aren't really familiar with Brazil and the censorship that's going on there. So I wanted to bring that to the front right now. Ultimately, platforms, free speech platforms like Rumble pulled out of Brazil. And now their parent, their sister company, Locals, uh, is also pulling out. We actually have the letter that went out to influencers. So Locals is now leaving Brazil. You're obviously someone with a major influence in Brazil and on Locals. What's your reaction to learning that they will no longer be in Brazil? Well, it hits me uh, two ways. One, as a Brazilian, because uh, Brazilians won't be able to access a lot of its content creators. And also, apparently, I was the largest Brazilian uh, creator on, on local. So it's going to hit me hard as well. But the this is this is what happens when you live in a dictatorship. So, um, for example, I had... I still have outside of Brazil 1.3 million uh, followers on Twitter, and my mm. Twitter is still blocked in Brazil. If you're in Brazil and you look from my account, you see a message from Twitter saying this account was withheld by by a court demand in Brazil, and so you won't be able to access in Brazil. Although if you're outside of Brazil, in any country, uh, including Venezuela, uh, you'll be able to see my Twitter account normally. So what happened was that. Uh, the Supreme Court of Brazil issued several orders for locals asking them to remove certain content creators, uh, myself among them. And instead of following order, following these orders, Rumble and now locals, they decided to say, well, after you were leaving this banana republic, that's pretty much what they said, um, and we're not going to comply with any crazy orders. We don't remove content from creators. We're in favor of free speech. And and it's so sad that Brazil's under the situation. We hope the court reconsiders uh, reconsiders it uh, one day. And I think it was a bold uh, it was a bold move. Uh, mm -hmm. They gave up some revenue, I'm sure, because Brazil's market is pretty strong in terms of social media. But uh, I, although it was not beneficial for me personally, I think it was uh, at least a, a, a courageous move on their part. And who knows, maybe if Elon Musk does the same or at least he start uh, caring about Brazil and speaking out about Brazil a little bit, maybe he'll help uh, influencing the situation. Because right now, the first thing that we need is that the world needs to understand that by any metrics, Brazil is not a democracy. We can't have like Bill Myers uh, saying, praising Brazil, praising what's happening there. No one in their all, all sane mind can say that censoring journalists, um, censoring a political uh, opposition is part of the uh, of a democracy. It's not. It's not. And anytime they come out and say that we need to defend democracy or any of those key terms, it's usually a red flag for me because that's usually what they say when they're doing the exact opposite. They're not defending democracy. They're actually leading a dictatorship in most cases. And we're seeing that here in the United States. And it's disturbing. I really hope Elon Musk comes out and, and does speak up because they shouldn't be doing business in Brazil as well. But then also on, on the other side of this, the Brazilian people are really losing out and they are the ones victims of the censorship campaign. Paula, when Brazilians are looking for truth, do they have any media outlets available at this point? Well, they still have some uh, brave people. You have the OS magazine. Uh, you have the uh, uh, Gazeta do Povo newspaper. But even them, they have to watch out. They can't. They they can't speak up uh, freely. They have to uh, censor a little bit of what they're saying. And mm -hmm. what's what's happening is that more more and more Brazilians are having to recur to VPNs to access content from creators like myself. Yeah.
Yeah, it's disturbing and it shouldn't be taking pay- place. Paulo Figueredo, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Again, head over to his Rumble page, support him, his local page. Make sure you support him because that's how you push back against these type of things. I mean, really appreciate you joining us today to discuss these issues. Thank you, Paulo. All right, fellas, you've got to listen in. Valentine's Day is just a few weeks away and you don't want to get caught being a last minute shopper. So I've got a plan for you. It's my pillow. The ladies in your life, they're going to love it. Your girlfriend, your wife, your mother-in-law, your mom, they're going to love it when they get a gift from Mr. Mike Lindell and you. Okay. So hear me out. I've just gotten myself a bunch of my pillow products. And so I also gifted it to my friends as well. And these are the things that I would suggest for the important lady in your life. Okay. So head over to mypillow.com right now. And make sure when you guys are doing this, you're using promo code Brianna because you could save up to 66% with the promo code. That's why it's so important to enter B-R-E-A-N-N-A. And then you guys got to get these top products. I love them. You got to do the slippers because the slippers are incredible. They're so soft. If you're somebody like me, when I'm walking around in heels after a long day, putting on my my slippers is incredible. You feel like you're walking on clouds. That's a must, okay? That's the first thing that you got to get. Another good one, the Giza bed sheets. I actually just slept on them for the first time last night, and they were incredible. They're so soft. They're not like – normally when I get bed sheets, it's like a cheap fabric. It's not like a quality fabric. This one's completely different, so you got to try it. The Giza bed sheets, you won't regret those. Those are incredible. They feel like the ones, the high-quality ones you get at a nice luxury hotel, So yes, definitely go with that one. And then if you're looking for another one, there's always pajamas. The pajamas are so comfortable. The cotton that he uses on there are so, so soft. The lady in your life is going to love it because they're going to feel amazing when she's wearing them to sleep. So again, head over. You got to do it now because you're going to forget and you always forget. We always say, oh, I'll do it later. And then you forget. It slips your mind. And then bam, it's Valentine's Day and you messed up. So right now, stop what you're doing. Head over to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A, for that up to 66% off right now. Make sure you head over there and use the promo code Brianna. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. <gasps> when I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your MyPillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com Okay, many of you might know, but I am the queen of FOIA requests. And ultimately, if you're not familiar with the FOIA requests, it is a request for, it's the Freedom of Information Act. It is a request for information regarding maybe like communications, memos, like anything one of our federal agencies would have. It's supposed to be or create transparency. But agencies like the FBI, Department of Justice, they're not fans of transparency. And so I want to bring you an update on a story that I've been talking about for quite some time. You might recall a man named Craig Robertson. Last year, he was in his Utah home when the FBI SWAT team uh, was attempting to execute a warrant on his home for his arrest. And as soon as he came to the door, they claimed that he had a gun in his hands. They opened fire, shot him, dragged this gentleman to the sidewalk where he later died. Now, the story is heartbreaking, and it was avoidable. And ultimately, I know it's avoidable because I asked members of the FBI, why did they show up to this gentleman's home with their guns drawn and utilizing SWAT? It's not something that's normally done. That's why it's important to remember that. It's not normally done. Well, ultimately, when I spoke to these FBI agents, they told me what they would have done in this situation is somebody like himself who has been accused of making threats to law enforcement previously, they would have met him up at a 
kind of just a safe location. So ultimately what would have happened was they would have tailed him, followed him to the supermarket. Then as soon as he gets out of the, the, his car to go grab a cart, they'd arrest him. And that's the safest way to go about arresting someone like this. It puts the, it, it secures the safety of the officers, the agents involved, and it also secures the safety of this gentleman. But that wasn't what happened that day. And ultimately, police are saying that he had a gun when he answered the door, and that's why they opened fire. So I've been submitting FOIA requests in that regard because I want the body cam footage. Ultimately, Democrats are advocates for body cam footage and creating transparency in law enforcement. And so that's why it was so important to do so. So I've been sending FOIA requests to the FBI for literally months now, okay? This is an example of a response that I get back from the Bureau. Now, I'm obviously covering my name and my personal information, but ultimately, there's other things on here that I think is very important. Ultimately, the FBI, and I know that they don't have body cam video. I'm trying to get them to say that they don't wear body cams, so they don't want to say it because they don't want members in in the House pushing for it moving forward when it comes to their budget information. And so let's get to this FOIA request and the response that I got back from the Bureau. Ultimately, the FBI is declining to give me what I'm asking for because they're saying it's still an ongoing investigation and it could interfere with the enforcement proceedings. And that's why they don't have to give me anything that I'm requesting regarding this shooting. Now, ultimately, if this is a clean shoot and he did come to the door with a gun pointed at law enforcement, then yes, they should be able to respond appropriately. They do have to all go home to their families at the end of the day. But there were other things that could have taken place that day that should have been implemented. And we know this because, well, the agency doesn't normally get threats and is the one to investigate them. People that I've spoken with have alerted me that Secret Service is the agency that normally responds to these threats. And we know that to be true. And ultimately, we know that to be true because there was a threat that was made to President Donald Trump and his son, Barron. And well, guess who took out the case? Secret Service. It was this woman right here. Ultimately, this woman named Tracy, who has been charged with making these threats, Tracy Forenza, um, probably not her pronunciation, but ultimately... This woman was making threats, is what she's accused of doing, online, and she was threatening to shoot President Trump and his son, Barron. I will state that I will shoot Donald Trump Sr. and Barron Trump straight in the face at any opportunity that I get. I'm going to slam a bullet in Barron, who is his child. He's a minor, by the way. Barron Trump's head with his father in self-defense. And so when this woman made these threats... She didn't get a banging at her door at 6 a.m. from the FBI SWAT team with guns pointed at her. It was Secret Service who took her in and interviewed her. And so now she is facing criminal charges, but ultimately she was not met with the same fate that Mr. Robinson was met with. And so there's a lot of questions that need to happen here, right? Like why was one scenario given to the FBI to take on rather than Secret Service? And if we've Well, we've been talking about it for quite some time now. Many of you know the FBI is actively looking to cook up domestic terrorist cases in this country. And so they do so with somebody who might potentially have a gun when they come banging on his front door. And what better way to take out a Trump supporter? Now, I know that sounds a little extreme for some, but ultimately there's no other explanation as to why Mr. Robertson was killed. He shouldn't have been killed. He should have been met with the same level of pushback that this woman was met with when Secret Service instead went after and arrested her and spoke with her. And unfortunately, he didn't. And that's why he is now dead. So ultimately, there are many questions to be asked. And I look forward to continuing asking these questions. Every couple of months, I will reach out to the FBI. And I don't care what type of responses they send me back. I don't care what legal jargon they want to use for validating why they don't want transparency in this situation. I'm going to keep pushing back and I'm going to keep sending them FOIA requests and they're going to hate me for it, but it's going to continue happening because that's our job as journalists. It's supposed to be to ask the uncomfortable questions and to demand answers. And we will continue doing so. I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes. So now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. 
And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from MyPillow, towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with the nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. What a concept. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know you can get our six-piece My Towels, regular $69.98, now only $29.98. Or you can save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Also, we have bath sheets, bath towels, washcloths, hand towels, and so much more. And the best part, with your promo code, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all my towels. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. Our nation is mourning the loss of three Marines who were killed in Jordan over the weekend. These are the individuals who are now being identified, and that's why we wanted to bring you this update on the story, because we should be paying our respects. Now, there's reports out there that President Joe Biden will not go to Georgia, where all of these three Marines were from, as their bodies come back to the mainland, unfortunately. Um, but we're just going to we're gonna make this a non-political issue at this point. These Three brave Marines lost their lives, and they did it for our country. They did it for the love of our country, and it's heartbreaking because it didn't have to happen, but it did. And so we want to remember Sergeant William Rivers, who is 46 years old. We also want to remember Kennedy Sanders, Brianna Moffitt as well. These three incredible Americans, they cannot be forgotten, and we need to remember that these people, their lives do matter. And all of our service members' lives matter. And as we sit here and reflect on what took place that day and how the United States should respond, we have to be cautious, but we also need to be mindful of what's going on right now. It's heartbreaking to announce this, but these three incredible Americans sadly dedicated and lost their lives to this country, and we must never forget that. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.